gotta prove it. And they have soul. Prove what? As well as just heart. I'm not a mistake. You'll always have parents. You know now why you cry. I'm gonna make them an offer, Kevin. It must have been one hell of a night we're about to forget and tiger. All right. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Bring Us the Movies. Uh, my name's Eric Dixon, joined, as always, by my good friend Mark Ray. Hi, guys. Um, today, we have a pretty fun episode planned. We're going to talk about some movie news, which includes a lot of Lord of the Rings stuff, mm-hmm. un- unfortunately. Um, some some Marvel stuff that you want to talk about, Mark, and then uh, we'll talk about our feature uh, break. Uh, Wow. Feature no. presentation. Feature presentation, yeah. Do the right thing, um, which is a very, very uh, important. classic, important movie that is pretty near and dear to the both of us. Oh, um, yeah. It's like what, your top one in your top three or something like that? It's top, It's number seven in my in my top ten. It's right. It's number eight. Number eight is Parasite. Number six is Memento. And between those, do the right thing. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's not to say it's my... It's not to say it's like better or worse than those, but it's it's definitely like it's very important and yeah. special to me. Absolutely, uh, for everyone, every single person. I feel like I, I've said this before. I think it's definitely a movie that I feel like every person should watch at least mm-hmm. once in their life. And if you watch it when you're young, watch it again when you're older because exactly. you'll understand it more. But um, yeah, so we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna. Do you have any updates on your your working title? Or? Yeah, it's a little bit of a left turn. Uh, got some just discussion about some. Some some little editing projects I got going on. I've taken a little bit of a break from the script. Not given up on it. Just you know, it's good to yeah. as as a filmmaker who's a jack of all trades. It's good to practice every technique in the in the film book arsenal. So yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. you don't want to be a jack of all trades, master of none. So <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, let's then, get into it. Well, oh, we, sorry. Before yeah. we, uh, I think this episode we're going to be introducing a new segment, the That's ABQ right. answers before questions, which we mentioned I think last uh, episode. Yeah, it'll be um, fun. But yeah, so totally slipped my mind. Sorry about that. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, we got we got a packed episode. So let's let's get into it. Uh, right. First things first, we got Warner Bros. or news from Warner Bros. Which you know they've been making some questionable decisions lately. Uh, to add to that list, we have some more Lord of the Rings stuff, or maybe Lord, I should say Lord of the Rings movies specifically, because you know they've put out uh, recently. The Rings of Power, which was a series, and then I think they're doing an uh, animated series soon called Lord of the Rings, uh, the War, uh, the War of Ra- Rohirrim. Rohirrim. Rohirrim, I think it's uh, uh, which the, is slated for I think next Rohirrim. year. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, it's listen. Nobody understands the lingo of the Lord of the Rings guys. The first three Peter Jackson movies kept it simple: Fellowship yeah. of the Ring, Two Towers, Return of the King. People understand that shit. They don't get this Silmarillion or the 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 what the 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 Rohirrim or the I don't, I'm sorry I'm not, I'm not making fun of elf talk I'm making fun of Hollywood <laughs> right now yeah I it's weird it's very strange to me that Lord because Lord of the Rings was this thing that I mean you had the Hobbit movies of course right yeah. which people felt so and so on I have nostalgia for them but I mean no I mean I only saw Desolation of Smog which I thought was all right but yeah, yeah. and I like the Lord of the Rings movies but. I always thought it was one of those 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 franchises that were like, okay, this is cool. You know, you got your books and then you got your few movies, and that's it. Right, and then Rings of Power came out, which I, I haven't watched, so I can't say anything about it. But then I they put out this news, and I'm like, holy crap, they're gonna oversaturate Lord of the Rings. Nothing is safe, guys. This is only good news to me, actually. And you wanna know why? Because it means they're going broke. <laughs> because like that, that's only. I mean, we, I mean, Warner Bros. is like they're they're not they're not doing good right now. No. They're really not. 
the only thing keeping alive is HBO Max, and even then, they're still they're still like not doing great yeah. with how they're managing their content. And a lot of it is it boils down to them. It's not even the consumers. It's there is their decisions and they their... used to make bank, and now they're just blowing it on just stupid like nostalgia bait ideas. Yeah, like no, I, I don't know how many people are actually. I know a lot of people really love those original movies and mm-hmm. like the books, but how many people actually care about like seeing this... more? Yeah, like if, if you told a story once and you tell it perfectly. That's it. You don't need it anymore. And, you know, like, I'm not going to argue that, like, I'm not going to say that, like, Lord of the Rings movies were, like, necessarily perfect. There's some cheesy moments here and there. The extended versions have a few scenes that add more to the plot and make it more sense. But the point is, they were a work of love and they were a work of passion. And it was a risk back then to actually put a bunch of money into somebody's passion project. And yeah. it paid off in really well way. Like, it's one and best picture. And weren't those, the, the whole trilogy, wasn't it filmed as one movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but it worked because they kept the whole style consistent. They, ha- they kept, a, they te- they kept a, a vision in their heads that was unique to the story they were telling, but it still allowed for creative input from everybody involved. Yeah. It was just such a great project. I, I love every bit yeah, of that. Because The Lord of the Rings itself is, a, is such a grandiose story. Like, yeah. I remember, um, you know, they were telling J.R.R. Tolkien, like, they, you got to split this up. This can't mm-hmm. be one book. <laughs> you exactly. got you to gotta do more. So it's like... It's really cool, and then on top of that, having like the ex- uh, the expanded universe, it is cool, and it can be interesting, but space it out. Yeah. We don't need all this just like boom, 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 because people are going to get tired of it, and they aren't going to be yeah. interested. And that's, like I said, I was saying this to you, that doesn't necessarily reflect the quality, because the quality can still be good, but if people are like tired of it, it's not going to matter, because people aren't going to watch it anyway. Yeah. So I reminded of a quote from my favorite film professor, Professor Berliner. You, you'll probably have him soon, but... um. He once said, and he keeps saying this, that, like, art is made by artists. You can manufacture it, you can put a bunch of labels on it, you can advertise it all you want, but at the end of the day, art is still made by artists. And it's not made by studio businessmen or engineers or technicians. It has to be an expression of the self. And that's what the bottom line boils down to for me, is where is the intent? Where is the heart story and i don't yeah. see that in a lot of mainstream cinema nowadays i have to go out of my way to find it which is why i always encourage people to watch indie movies and non-mainstream stuff as much as they may make fun of me for it because there's value in those things yeah absolutely and it's but, like for because for a lot of people like the mainstream stuff is the only stuff that mm-hmm. exists you know it's like you know people look at you like crazy because you don't watch like mainstream stuff and you're just like what you're, you're a film major and you don't you don't watch this movie and i'm like no because i'm too busy watching all this other cool stuff that you don't know anything about i'm too busy having fun how about that how about them apples huh but i do have some good news for once uh, about movie news and it's good news about the marvel universe in fact wait wait are you being sarcastic or is this actually good news about it's actually fantastic news okay just announced a great new uh, discussion about kang for marvel he wants to create a timeline with no superheroes I was being sarcastic. I got oh, you. God damn. <laughs> damn. All right. Well. He wants to just destroy all superheroes. And everybody on Twitter was like, yeah, let's do it. We hate these things. Man. Let's do it. And like, I bet you Disney was expecting a response like, oh, no, this is going to be terrible. No. No. We want them gone. We're done. We, you told the book. You read the book. You wrote it. You've published it. You've gotten a bunch of money off it. We're done. We moved past that train. I mean, maybe the box office dollars don't reflect that. But you know what? At, you, can, you can tell me how much... How much money they make? I don't think I don't see people talking about how awesome they are anymore. I like I yeah, genuinely don't believe there's a there's a future for it in in coming up. I think you know I mean maybe people say Marvel Universe may last forever, and there's truth to that. But I'll just say that on the day that it ends, I'm putting on Goodfellas and just cracking open a cold one. <laughs> 
Hey, that, speaking of, I'm wearing a Goodfellas shirt. I didn't even so. notice that. What are the yeah. odds? Wow. I, I swear, I actually didn't notice that. Like, that, that's not me trying to be funny or anything. But all I'll say is, uh, what's Kang's actor's name? Uh, Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors. In the immortal words of Shoshana Dreyfus from Inglorious Bastards, Bam, it's down. <laughs> and on the topic of burning things down, let's talk about it in a movie we, we watched. Yes. Sorry, was that too bad? Was that too corny? Or too no, bad? I think it's perfect. Perfect. Because, you know, you know, we talk about all this, like, modern stuff and oversaturation of the industry let's let's take it back all right it's it's the hottest day of the summer you can do nothing you can do something or you can do the right thing exactly let's talk about do the right thing one of the best movies ever made i mean where do you even start with this it's it's a, it's a lot to unpack you go first um man for me i i watched this movie for the first time as um as an adult, I think I was 19, maybe, when I first mm-hmm. saw this movie, 18 or 19. And I'm glad I waited and I didn't watch this at a young age because it, it wouldn't have had the same impact it did. Um, and, you know, I, I watched it and I'd, I had an idea of what it was about, but I didn't really know. I just knew it was like, you know, one of Spike Lee's most, you know, famous movies. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll check this out. Um, so I watched it and I was blown away. Yeah. I Because... I was just like, this is like a funny movie. I'm like into this. This is entertaining. This is funny. And then it like, it gets so serious. It gets so serious. But the thing is throughout the whole thing is very serious because it's a, it's a meta commentary on racism in America. And the sad thing is that this movie came out in what the eighties mm-hmm. was, and it's still relevant. so relevant. Yeah. Spike Lee himself said it's, it's sad that relevant. Yeah. It is, yeah. It's, so let's start let's start like from from early on you know you have uh mookie main character he's he's living in bedsty he's just you know trying to get by much like everyone else in the neighborhood just living their lives doing their job people in america exactly um and you got you have the sal's pizzeria which is you know this this pizzeria on the block that you know everyone goes to it's kind of like a haven people hang out there it's nice um but there's one little problem well, not a little problem. It's a massive problem that infects America, and that problem is pe- is the systemic racism. That, right. That it, what, what was it that uh, What was it that uh, she had said in in Bucking the Preacher? It, it's like a a poison soaked into the yes, ground. Yes, yeah. exactly. And this this movie is like this movie it, is like fighting that poison. It's like trying to find an antidote. Yeah, and and, and the scare. It, this movie is scary, you know, because it's it's. Yeah, racism is very nuanced, and you know these people that you look at, and you're just like, hey, you know this guy's cool. He's 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 down. You know, as as Mookie says about Vito, he's like he's down, man. He's down. The wolf in sheep's clothing is a problem. Exactly, and and you just never, you never truly really know, and that's because Sal, he's like, because like the thing I've heard about like Sal is that like Spike Lee wanted to like start him off as like kind of like an okay character, but over as time went on and the movie progresses. You see more and more of his hatred, and you see yes. more and more of his real. Suffering. And that's like, and I love that because in the beginning of the movie, you're kind of sitting there and you're like, especially that that uh, part where bugging out is like, you know, I want some brothers up on the wall. I'm like, I want yeah. Michael Jordan and all that stuff. And he's like, you know, you get your own place, you can put whoever you want on the wall. And and there you have these moments of like, I guess you know, black versus white, where in what you. See both sides. You're kind of like, I mean, I get it. You know, I, I yeah. can see where Sal is coming from, 
but then, but then you, you know over time more. you're like hold up this is actually like no this is yeah this is pretty one-sided one of the more interesting and really it's it's a it's a choice i'm not going to say it's it, it, it may offend some viewers and it's understandable but the choice that always really just caught me off guard the first time i saw it by a landslide was the um the scene where all the characters spew the racial insults in the fourth wall break because mm -hmm. that's like a hard scene to watch it's like they're spewing out the most hateful like just these cruel things about other races they're saying stuff that's anti-semitic racist uh that's uh that's homophobic that's xenophobic it's just it's so much just hatred and just resentment and what as the critic um what's his name michael uh he's of crash course history uh um I'm pulling it up right now. Crash Course's episode on Do the Right Thing, which I also recommend. Yes, in, I in love a, that video. In yeah. addition to... I watched it immediately after the first time I watched it. I was like, after... after it, was, it was one of those movies. It wasn't just a movie that I watched and was like, I like that, and then moved on with life. I, like, on the rare occasion you get that movie where after you watch it, you just, like, you look up a bunch of stuff about it because you, like, you want to deep dive and understand yeah. every little thing. Mm -hmm. Michael and, Aranda, that was his name. He said that, like, the... It, it it shows it's to kind of quote him. It said it shows like the that this community, however harmonious and and eclectic it may seem, is deeply and perhaps irrevocably fractured. And that's such a profound like commentary on on America. It's, it's so it's so specific. But despite being broad in its scope in like how it addresses racism, it's also very specific to Brooklyn and to Spike Lee's like personality and his and his culture and his his upbringing because like it shows you like so much of how he views the world and it shows you how like angry he is and how yeah but, how, but also how universal that anger is to people who are just suffering and right and one thing i really appreciate about uh spike lee is that he didn't make this he could have easily made this a black and white movie yeah it's not that because racism is never that it's always bigger than black and white yeah. and you know even like the like making you know sound you know italian american because italians you know do their at, at their white but do the to their ethnicity they experience like mm -hmm. you know discrimination and, and stuff like that too yeah. so it's like ma making all this hate come from a, a place of somewhat understanding yeah. is very strange but that's you know that's how it is in real life yeah. and it's strange and puzzling and no one has the answers this movie doesn't answer any questions that people may have about racism and, and the systems and why it's so, you know, messed up. Yeah. It just simply states it and that's it. Mm -hmm. It's not, you're not going to, you're not going to find answers in this movie. There's catharsis at times. If anything, you're probably going to walk away with more questions piled on. Yeah. There is catharsis at times, like with the burning scene, but, but even then, like right after that, it cuts, I didn't know, like I knew some of the plot lines. I didn't know, Here's what I knew and didn't know. I knew that like it was a movie about a neighborhood block with that dealt with racism, and I knew there was gonna be a riot at the end. I I had seen the shot of you know Spike Lee chucking the trash can into the thing. I knew that was coming. I didn't know how it started. I didn't know spoilers I, that it was caused by Radio Raheem's death at the hands of police and Sal. I didn't know that it was that it was gonna be you know this this like angry, but I didn't, and I also didn't know that that wasn't the end of the movie. Because right after right. The, riot, the riot scene, there's a scene the next day. It's the only scene besides the main day you're watching this movie in, besides from the title sequence. It's the only scene that takes place the next day. And it's them, it's the town picking up their pieces and, and Mookie trying to collect his money from Sal, even though he's just burned down his pizzeria. Sal is, you know, angry about this. 
I'm not going to say understandably because Sal's an ass, but the thing is, there's a really interesting point. Again, I, I quote my Professor Berliner, who quoted a, a critic I unfortunately don't remember the name of, but he said that there's a, there was a common trope in Hollywood to create these movies about like racial reconciliation, you know, like The Help, Green Book, and, uh, and Driving Miss Daisy, which generate a bit of fair, controversy, a fair amount of controversy because they're like, they're so, you know, sentimental and like have this worldview where racism can just be fixed. And a lot of those films have this idea that like the white person just has to pay for the black person to be there to like help them out and stuff and make them a better person. But Spike Lee turns this on its head, on its head right at the end when, when, when Mookie asks for his money and, and uh, Sal is just chucking it at him. He's like, fine, you want your money? Here you go. He just crumples up into a bunch of dollar bills, balls, and just chucks them at him. But then Mookie gives it back, says, I don't need all this. I can't pay me back the next day. And somebody once said in that critic, this is really interesting, he said, the reason he does this is because despite all of what Hollywood will tell you with these racial reconciliation films, M Mookie can never be paid enough by Sal to be Sal's friend. And that's Absolutely. so, like, striking to me. That's such a, a, that's such an interesting way of, like, looking at, like, how racial identity and, and racism have kind of evolved over the past, over the past few centuries in America. It's, it's just... It leaves you with so many just thoughts about the state of life, and I honestly have never seen anything like it. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 a movie in which you really it's bittersweet. Yeah. Because it's a very good movie. But it's also a sad movie. Yeah, like I like a like even trying to like I didn't finish the full movie when rewatching it just because I was like, man, I don't feel like feeling like this right mm -hmm. now. Me too. Even, as much as I appreciate the film, but it, I really, really, really love how, I also love the nuances, like mm -hmm. how subtle a lot of this stuff is, which like on the surface, it may seem like, you know, you know like Spike Lee knows what he's doing. Like you, you, you get what he's trying to get across, but, but the way he, exactly, exactly. Especially we, one, one particular scene I think of is, is the, the white dude that comes through and he like goes to his apartment and, and bugging out. I was like, what do you want to live in a black neighborhood for? And he's like, you know, it's free country. I can live wherever I want. Exactly. But in reality, it's like, why would you? And the reason, gentrification. gentrification. Yep. And it and it made me think of the line from a it's a it's a Macklemore song from back in the day. I don't know how many people know of it, but there's a line where he says, uh, "Neighborhoods where you never see news, never see a news crew unless they're gentrifying. White people don't even cruise through." And that's yeah. literally where you know this film takes place. It's a neighborhood in which you wouldn't see white people typically unless mm -hmm. you know there's some exactly yeah. and what's interesting about that is that like the gentrification of that neighborhood like it it you can feel it throughout the rest of his filmography like how he's he's commenting on how like america is becoming more and more like fractured like you see that like do the right thing wasn't his first movie but it was one of his earliest films to like to like kind of like where he solidified his his voice and his and his like his is how what he how he viewed the world and if you watch the rest of his filmography, except Old Boy, uh, you can like, evolve. You see how like his 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 understanding and his perspective on race just it keeps changing. It, but like it, but it still remains like steadfast in its in its vocal distaste for you know racism and you know its its commentary on black culture and black identity. And it's just he's such a profound and interesting director to me. Like I can't recommend his movies enough. Yeah, he's so he's so so smart. Yeah, like he's. Like man, like anybody who who says that like his his filmmaking is just like a bunch of like propaganda or anything like that, it's just like, wow. dude, like, 
it's influential, that's for damn sure, but yeah. in a good way, I feel exactly. like. Like, Roger Ebert once, when this movie came out and Roger Ebert was praising, he was like, you know, people who say that, like, this movie is, like, going to cause riots and it's bad for that, he's like, that says more about the people saying that than it does about the movie. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Uh, and, you know, and you, you, think, you think about the title, right? Mm -hmm. Do the right thing. And... What does that mean? It, is, it leaves you right. up to you to do It's like, what is the right thing? Does Mookie do the right thing at the end? Yeah. That's, up, that's think, up to you. I think he does, but that's another topic for another time. But right. like, what's interesting is even the Demare, the person who, who tells Mookie to do the right thing, he doesn't think Mookie was doing the right thing at the end. That's, that creates complexity in the, in the perspective. Because, you know, Demare isn't like, who's played by Ozzy Davis, who's a fantastic actor, by the way, and also the real-life husband of Ruby D, who's also in this movie, like we mentioned. Sorry, side tangent. But, like, even he, like, he's got this perspective on, like, trying to keep the peace and trying to keep everybody safe. Like, he's not necessarily wrong, and neither is Mookie or Bugging Out right. or Radio Raheem or Rosie or any of them. Like, it's, right. it's so complex. And, it's it's gray. Yeah. You know, and I love, I love that. Yeah. And one other thing I got to talk about is the, the, like, the, it's not just that this movie is angry and it's real and it's, it's honest. It's also that it's energetic because, like, it's, it's a challenge, but it's also got a lot of, like, just like craftsmanship on display. It's super rare for any movie. Like the like two ways that uh, that um, I noticed Spike Lee kind of introduces the the multi ethnic sort of like vibrancy of the neighborhood is through the cinematography and the music. So through the music, he introduces us to a vast array of different types of styles from Jamaican reggae to uh, to rap music, you know, fight the power, and from jazz, which is actually scored by his by Spike Lee's father, Bill Bill Lee. That was, that was actually the one who, who scored this movie. And it's all narrated by freaking Samuel L. Jackson doing yes. We Love Radio 108 FM. You don't forget that kind of thing. Like, it's incredible, like, eclectic, like, list of music. But it's not just that it's fun. It's that it takes you on a, a roller coaster of emotions, such as anger and, you know, exhaustion and sadness and, and anger again. And then sort of a, sort of like a profound questioning of, where you are and it's sort of it's also just kind of just leaves you just wondering like you know where should i feel at the end of this because it doesn't leave you with one emotion at the end of it it leaves you with an array of them and the cinematography helps this too because sometimes the cinematography has this flowing calm almost classical feel to it like with when, he's, when mookie's walking through the streets and there's people walking by him yeah it really gives you like this sense of like you know intimacy and community and space too right it, and it like makes it it's it's you know you you feel safe yeah. Almost. Even though you know that, like, you know, there's something looming. Yep. Because is... then, right when that happens, Spike Lee will just cut it off, flip the switch, and there'll be, like, 45-degree canted angles, which means, like, like diagonal angles of these characters, or Dutch angles, where, like, you see, like, extreme close-ups of sweat on their face, them looking angry at each other, getting ready to, right. like, getting ready to do something. Just get Exactly. Ready to do something and that, too, like, yeah. the... You know, the whole idea of this being, like, a really hot day mm -hmm. and just, like, you seeing that throughout yeah. is, like, you know, they're, you know, their blood's boiling. They're, mm -hmm. they're gonna, they're just, there's come, something's gonna happen. Like, you know, it's, like, building up. The heat is, is rising. Spike Lee said that he, uh, he got the idea from this from a, a thing, a Twilight Zone episode. It's, like, mm -hmm. how, like, the murder rate goes up after 95 degrees in that episode. And he explained, you know, there's some truth to that because that's when most riots take place in this, is in the summertime because, like, like the atmosphere of this movie, like it can. What I'm getting at is the atmosphere of this movie contributes to, like the, like the, like you feel. Like it's not just that you know these characters are exhausted with the horrible conditions that they're stuck with. You can feel it. You can feel it in the cinematography. 
people can you can go on and tell people can go on and tell me like well this movie is is like fake or wrong because it, it says this or it does that but how does it make you feel guys because with all the red cinematography and the bright like like scorching colors yeah, and, and the, warm the resentments from each character it's not like to me i can't imagine somebody saying this movie is just like wrong for its stance on racism because like the way it makes you feel and it makes, makes you connect to these characters is just it's so personal and honest and true and i i just it can't can't i can't think of many other movies that do that so well yeah and i think you know where that's coming from is a place of like people don't like the way this film makes them feel simply because it is real. It's challenging. Yeah, and it's like they don't they don't know how to, you know, grapple with that. Yeah. But that's that's the important part of it. And you know, there's if if nothing if if nothing else, it's it's still it's still important in the history of, of cinema and black cinema and you know, people trying to like make a voice for themselves. And like this movie opened up a lot of doors for its actors, its directors, other directors, other artists, like it's it's such an important landmark. And there's one scene before in I don't know if, if uh, we'll see we'll keep talking about it if you want, but one scene before we talk, maybe talk talking about it is the scene with the love and hate rings on Radio Heem. That is my, yes. one of my, my favorite scene in the whole movie, and it's one of my favorite scenes ever because it's such a simple scene. It, it knows it's special, but it's like, we're not going to make a big deal out of it. Like, you, you see how like, he's talking about the, the imbalance in the world between love and hate and like, how it's a constant struggle back and forth, and you hear him just like, like, Bill Nunn just gives a phenomenal performance in that part. And, like, you can feel in his voice how, like, he's a true believer in this. Where compared to, like, the movie, it's, it's a remake. Like, that scene is a remake of Night of the Hunter where it's a person lying about it. It's, like, it's so telling because that, in that movie, it's, like, a, a, it's a scene about a guy explaining, like, like, it's, like, a murderous, like, guy just trying to explain his, like, fake motives to people. Here, like, Spike Lee slips that on his head. And, like, instead of it being, like, an internal struggle between... A man's deranged convictions it's about the external struggles that just divide and separate us i'm quoting a video i made with you eric a while back but anyways the point i'm getting at is that like it just he packs it with so much meaning and profoundness and then the camera just returns back to the two shot of him and mookie and mookie's like yep guess so like that's it like that's so yeah. that's so cool to me like he just did one of the most profound things i've ever seen and mookie's just like uh, doesn't know what to make of it like that's the director doesn't even know what to make of it like right dang like I, I'm, I was dumbfounded when I first saw that because it was so good. I was like, "Wow!" And that's how it is. You're like you, you don't know what to make of it. Typically, that's mm -hmm. like that's how it is. Yeah, great movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. And also, it's 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 so great that it actually it's literally the only movie that has a street in mm -hmm. New York named after it. Guess which Dude. street that is? It's the place in the movie. Yep, do the right thing away. That's which I would love to visit someday. I want to too. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll go and maybe next time I'm visiting New York City, I'll go or something like that. That'll yeah, definitely fantastic. should. Yeah, take yeah. pictures. <laughs> yeah, just not in like a tasteless way. You know what? I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean. You know what I mean. Anyways, all right, that was a pretty good discussion. Probably a ten out of ten movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. I, and I'm not a huge fan of numbered scores, but I'll give this one. Yeah, 10 this out is a 10. ten out of ten. Come on, we give. I know people say, and I mean, I'm sure the people in the audience like, really, you're, you're doing another great movie that everybody says is a masterpiece. You know what? Yeah, because this podcast sometimes sometimes we'll talk about a bad movie but right now movies aren't doing great and it's good to talk about the ones that do the right thing i did not that was not intended. <laughs> yeah, i did not was, i did not intend for that, that was great that was great you know actually I mean. yeah anyways uh what have we been watching lately let's talk about that you go uh, first uh okay well uh 
as you know, or may or may not know, uh, Outer Banks season three came out. Nice. Uh, I don't know if you've been watching it or not, but no. I've, I've been pretty into it. Um, I really like Outer Banks, like from the, the first time I saw it, like I was hooked. I, yeah. I think it, cause didn't it come out like during quarantine or something like that? Like I was in, yeah. I was inside and I just remember watching like the whole first season, like in a couple of days, I was just like hooked on it. Maybe and I thought season I thought season two was pretty good too, but this season has really like been very interesting to me. It yeah. feels like I feel like it's been progressively more and more like an uncharted level, like globe trotting type adventure. Like nice. it started off like a small scale, like Goonies kind of kind of adventure. Mm-hmm. Now it's just getting crazier and crazier. And I'm yeah. pretty into it. It's it's a fun ride, you know. Just kick back, you know, relax and just have a good time with this show. It's good. definitely one of those. So I've I've been watching. Outer Banks. That's a. It's about all I've had going on. So, yeah. What about you? Um, well, I've been watching a few things. Uh, one of them was La La Land the other day. I'd already mm. seen it when I was uh, in high school. It's, uh, it's one of those movies. Like, I'm not gonna say it's my favorite movie ever, but like, it's one of those movies. Like, it, it, like it's like I like to describe it as Humphrey and Ingrid coming back together after Paris and Casablanca. They they remember it like it was yesterday. And that's yeah. how I feel about this movie. Like, I remember, get, like, that movie gets too much slander. What what? La La, La Land. It gets lost later. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I like too. it. I think it's a pretty dang good movie. Yeah, and I know it's it's funny that the Oscars mixed it up with Moonlight, but like, yeah, that, that that's not important. The important important part is that it's it has good music. And this time, since I knew the plot and I knew all the intricacies because I had studied it and I had seen it in high school, this time I just like you know what I'm just gonna chill out on my computer, just 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 listen to this music for this movie, listen to all the ha- the stuff happening because it's, it's a nice ride. And in the process, I came up with the worst joke I've ever come up with. That's not a lie. You want to hear the joke? Let's you, do it. You're all, you're all going to judge me for this. The man, the myth, the John legend. I'm not proud. All right. Well, that was, it's been fun, but uh, I, th- <laughs> I think I'd head out. <laughs> yeah, I think this podcast is now over permanently because of that joke. I, I'm sorry, everybody. I didn't mean to disappoint. No, but um, yeah, I just it was really nice to uh, just feel like the, the vibe of that movie. It was, it's, it's such a, it's feel good, but like it knows how to be poignant about it too. Like it's, it's like Singing in the Rain or Umbrellas yeah. of uh, Traverg or something like that. It's yeah, I, I like La La Land quite a bit. I'm not a really huge like musical guy, but I yeah. really enjoy that movie for, I think because it goes against what a lot of like love stories yeah. do. And I, I thought that was interesting because I feel like if, if that movie had ended differently, it wouldn't. I wouldn't feel the same about it. It wouldn't be as. It wouldn't feel. feel yeah. Right. It, w- it wouldn't be as remembered by me. Yeah. You know. But like the, the the tragedy at the end is like that's kind. Of, I mean, not, it's not quite a tragedy. It's more just bittersweetness. Yeah. It's not like tragic like Radio Raheem's. Yeah, because they both end up. You know. Just, well, yeah. spoilers for a movie that came out however long ago. But like you know, they both end up okay. You know, yeah. they're both fine. It's just like it's you know it's just like a memory they share, and that's like, yeah. That's kind of the it's the sadness and the sweetness of it. It's like remembering that memory and kind of expanding upon it. And it's always fun to just, like, just enjoy a movie that's, like, just about, you know, like, it's about, like, the beauty of art and the beauty right, of stuff. Right, exactly. And, you know, my, my girlfriend, she's really into musicals. Like, mm-hmm. she's the biggest musical fanatic I know, and she yep. hasn't seen La La Land. Oh. I want to get her to watch it, but she just doesn't seem interested. And I'm like, it's so good, though. Yeah. But, I, like, I'm a person I don't like, you know, forcing people to watch movies that they aren't interested in, so I just, like, haven't, like, pushed yeah. it on her. I, that's why I'm scared to show other people my movies. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm so this. afraid that they're not going to be into it. I'm just like, I don't want to wa- Like, the thing is, I don't necessarily care that they are into it. I, the whole thing is, I just don't want to waste anyone's time. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, like, make them sit through a two-hour movie yeah, that they I, just I don't, don't like. you guys. Yeah. I made that mistake the other day. I'm not going to say which movie, because I'm not proud. And it's not a bad movie. It's just. You know, sometimes... Say I the just, movie. Say it. No, no, actually, I, I can't say it after 
was once upon a time in Hollywood. But look, look, look. Oh, look, wait, who'd you make watch it? Oh, uh, my, my girlfriend and my, my oh, friends. No. But no, 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 listen. Not a Tarantino no, movie. No, I know, I know, I know. Listen, listen. I did not go in, I did not go into it with hate in my heart at all. It just, it, I just. <laughs> you should have known what you were doing. funny, okay? That's all, that's all, that's all it is. And I know Leo's a piece of shit. I know Tarantino's a piece of shit. I know everybody's movie's a piece of shit. But like, here's the thing. It's just. I like the vibe, okay? La La Land having it's, to move for... I mean, no, I like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I wouldn't I wouldn't show it to anybody, to be no, honest with you. That was especially idea. Especially that ending, man. Yeah, that's a little much. But, like, the thing is, it was because... I of hope La they La took it well. I mean, they took it okay. They kind of, like... The thing is, I was actually... The only reason I really put it on is because there's a, a person in that room, like, when it, with our friends, who, like, is, like, a, a she, she, like, has a crush on Brad Pitt. I was like, I got the movie for you. That's interesting. Yeah, but, like, she wasn't in the room. So it was oh, a complete geez. waste of time. So I, I, I don't of all the like Brad Pitt thing. movies. But like that, I mean, he's, <laughs> but here's the thing, because that, that movie is essentially a fan cam of Brad Pitt. Like, you know, that's he's, just, true. he's driving that's around true. Hollywood. He's just listening to cool music, looking cool. That's all it is. Like, that's, yeah. that's most of the enjoyment. And he won an Oscar for that movie. I saw like a, yeah, a funny comment. Yeah, and he gave that funny day. speech. I gave a, I saw a funny comment. It was like, imagine being paid millions of dollars to be, to buy Tarantino to star in a movie where you cruise around LA looking cool and then get, get an Oscar for it. Like, that's a life. Yeah. Damn, I, I wish I was Brad Pitt now. No, I, I, no, 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 you don't. No, I don't. But um, I, no, I, I, I'm cool who I am. But, anyways, you want to move on to working title? Yeah, I'm. I'm not really sure I have any updates for mine, but let's yeah. hear about yours. Okay, so yeah, I've taken a. Like I said, I took a little bit of a. Or maybe I told you this. Maybe it's not. I'm not sure. But I took a little bit of a break from the script. I'm not stopping it forever. It's just, it's just for me. I like uh, trying different things out. Trying different filmmaking uh techniques out and for this one uh so like what i basically did was i made a couple of trailers for my birthday movie night and you know it'll be cool like these cool little like like yeah, like an intermission between like i'm doing like a double feature between baby jabber and knives out and uh like i'm doing like a cool like intermission where like i highlight like a lot of like like if you like edgar wright's stuff like check this out like like if you like this movie check out more of edgar wright's stuff so I'd, like do like a highlight reel of like his movies set to like a a John Spencer song, and then I do like uh, for before then I showed you like I made an awesome trailer. What what do you think of that trailer for uh, the movie night? Yeah, I loved it. It was amazing. Yeah, like it was like the, the rhythm, all that it was perfect. The thing with my trailer and my and my style of editing is that it's influenced like a lot by pop art. You know, stuff like the Beatles, Spider Verse, Andy Warhol, and now Hergé. And on that note. Uh, I actually want to point. I actually want to give a shout out to our Belgium listeners tuning in because they've been a big support to us and they've been a, a lot of uh, help in getting this this channel you know started. And interestingly, one of my favorite uh, pop artists currently is Hergé, who did the Tintin comics, which I'm reading right now. I'm reading, I'm reading the Secret of the Unicorn because that's like said to be the best. And it's so cool to me, like how like these these pop artists like Hergé and Warhol, like they they're so focused on iconography and you know specific pop out visuals and like they can just take simple base things like a coca-cola bottle or a or just like a, a sailor or like a, a dog and like just they make it so visually just like interesting to look at and, and like watch like it, i've never seen I, i'm so fascinated by pop art that's why i that's why I like so many of my movies on my top 10 list are just like pop art movies like spider-verse and the matrix and yeah. stuff like that it's, i can't help myself i'm a, I'm a nerd yeah you are but i mean hey like that the, the editing was great. The the movies you picked are all bangers. Yeah. Have you <laughs> yeah. seen Knives Out? Yeah, I've seen it. Good. Okay. Uh, so 
but some people I know in the in our friend group haven't. So this will be oh, fun. really this will be a fun experience. Uh, I was I was typically the I was that guy. I was typically the only person in the room who hadn't seen that movie. Like mm-hmm. the first time I saw it, it was with a group of people who had all seen it, and I was literally the only person in the room who hadn't. Yeah. So I was like, you know, it was interesting, but yeah. I'm well, What's cool is that actually, like, the person, one of the people I'm inviting for my birthday, Max, who's my childhood best friend, he actually, um, he actually was the first person I saw Knives Out with, uh, like, I saw it in the theater with uh, him and, and our friends at the time, and that was actually pretty cool, because like, I, I saw it the first time, I was like, okay, this seems pretty cool, but I don't quite understand the plot yet, so I'm going to take my family gotcha. and just take them to see it again, and later that week we did, and it was even better the second time, and everybody got to check that out yeah. and my it's gonna be an awesome double feature with baby driver first and then knives out you guys yeah, want to double feature check those out. yeah i didn't really like when the movie first came out i didn't see it i know everyone's raving about it but i didn't see it because i like i like you know agatha christie style like whodunits mm-hmm. like they're interesting but they can uh yeah they're fine it's just like i feel like there's only so much you can do to make a whodunit yeah. interesting but like knives out actually surprised me with how oh, yeah. like the, the twist i was like oh okay this isn't just your typical like oh who done it it's one of these people it, it actually had a lot of like twists and turns that were pretty interesting so yeah i'll give it that poster sure. says hell any of them could have done it and that makes you think well obviously like this is going to be a traditional kind of story and even the poster represents that which for the record awesome poster but like it looks like you know like a like a regular like like like, like it's gonna like it's gonna like give you the goods and it gives you the goods just in a little bit different ways yeah we're like even talk about that in a even minute. as someone who watched it late I was still very like surprised. I was like watching it. I was like, "Wait, this isn't going how I expected it to go at all." <laughs> so I was like, "You know, it's pretty. It's it's pretty. It's pretty dang good." And yeah. I mean, I'm sure most of you listening have seen the movie, but if yeah. you haven't, Check watch it. it. Yeah. And, and and watch it uh, in a double feature with it and Baby Baby Driver go first. Like that's a great double feature. I'm gonna watch that for my birthday. Like every that's like pretty pretty good viewing material for if you want to like. I remember Sardonicast, the other movie podcast, I always talk about. It. They say like, like for their next episode to like, an, like they announce which movie they're gonna watch. So that like, if you want to avoid spoilers, check these movies out. And that's what I recommend for that. And on that note, one uh, other detail I forgot to mention. Um, some people I know who watch this podcast have said they are really interested in the movies we watch. And we, today I'd like to point you guys in the directions of the last two movies we watched for Black History Month: Do the Right Thing and Buck and the Preacher. They're now both on 4K blue, blue, bleh, 4K Blu-ray Criterion which can be found at Barnes & Noble and regular Blu-ray as well. Not For the record, we're not endorsed by uh, Barnes & Noble or Criterion. We're just pointing people in the direction of some really good movies. And, uh, yeah, just thought we'd point that out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Now, we got one last segment for you guys. We have uh, this new thing where turns out, not blaming you guys, but we don't get a lot of questions for the podcast. Again, not, not anybody's fault, but it's just, you know, we, we, we just got to build our audience. Yeah, we'd like to connect with the audience. So to kind of flip that on its head, we introduced a new segment called, instead of Q&A, it's ABQ, Answers Before Questions. And on that note... Yo, 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 one, four, eight, three to the three to the six to the nine, representing the ABQ. What up, biatch? Leave it at the tone. Welcome to ABQ, ladies and gentlemen. This week, we got, a couple, we got one question for you guys that we asked on our film Instagram podcast. We've got a question about... What's your favorite Spike Lee joint? They're joints, not movies. So old Boy doesn't count. It's a yes. Spike Lee film. That was not his decision, I guarantee you. So we got, what is your favorite Spike Lee film? We have from Boyce Rucker, Clockers. Have you, uh, heard, have you seen that one? I haven't seen Clockers. No. Yeah, me either. And uh, Socially Desirable, the uh, Instagram page. Yeah, it's uh, my mom. Yeah. <laughs> shout out, friend of the show. <laughs> exactly. And shout out, friend of the show, Boyce Rucker as well. Uh, she says, man, I love them all, but Crooklyn may be it for me. 
I, and I've heard really great things about that one too. I need to see that one. Yeah, absolutely. That doesn't surprise me at all. My my sister and I grew up around that movie. We mm-hmm. we saw it so much growing up. Nice. Yeah, he's. And if you want my recommendation for more Den, uh, Spike Lee movies, check out his collaborations with Denzel because like Inside, Inside Man, Man, yeah, Malcolm X, uh, Mo Better Blues, like they're all awesome. Like he's that's in fact I think. Like that may be his his best actor he works with. Like that's like to him what uh, was an example. Like what Spielberg is to Tom Hanks or what uh, Greta Gerwig is to Saoirse Ronan or something or like that. Christopher Nolan at Cillian Murphy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Not Leo anymore now that he's a creep. But what do you mean now that he's a creep? Anyway, yeah, uh, let's. <laughs> uh, uh, we ain't getting topical on this podcast. We only do that for the days. Anyways. Uh, all right. So, is that about it for this episode? Do you think? I think we've. I think we made it around the same regular time, about 40 minutes. Yeah, I think we touched on everything we wanted to touch on. Um, yeah. by, the, by the way, something I want to address, I always like think of this, but I always forget, is we are, not that I've ever seen anybody comment about this, but we are aware that at the end of the podcast we say thank you for watching. watching. I decided Even, to change that to thank you for tuning in. Yeah, because we originally when we started this podcast, we did upload video versions, but there was too much of a hassle to edit and get up. Mm-hmm. So we just decided to stick with audio for now until we like actually have like the yeah. time on our hands to be able to, you know, to edit and put together video versions. So we'll, you know, eventually probably make a dedicated YouTube channel to uh, our podcast. But yeah. for the time being, it's just going to be audio on Spotify and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Yeah, we just wanted to. I just wanted to address that because something yeah. I, I noticed every time. I feel like people were gonna probably I've question it. it too. I've just, I've, I'm just not. Done it just, it's just, it's just natural at this yeah. point. Yeah. Well, on that note, we'd like to thank you all for tuning in. And remember, always do the right thing.